I just want to say grace and peace to you. Uh, we're going to be using this probably forever. Um, even in our in-services on Sunday, we're beginning to use that. And uh, little did I know um, how fitting it would be. And I got it from the Apostle Paul and his writings. He says grace and peace a lot. So um, I uh, want to thank you for being with us today and viewing us today. We finished our series in his presence, a total of seven uh, sermons. You can go uh, online at our website or you can go to our our app and look at that and pick them up in podcast and listen to them. Um, I'm going to be starting a new series, but I'm going to wait to after Father's Day to do that. And I'm excited about it. Got a lot of it, most of it already prepped and ready to go. Uh, but uh, today I just wanted to handle what's going on in our nation and uh, everybody's talking about peace and the desire for it, the transition to it, the need of it, and how do we get it. And I'm going to speak to that uh, today uh, in, in our sermon. I'm going to be using John 14:27, and you can turn there in your device or your scripture that you have with you, John 14:27. Let me read it to you. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to those who are listening. Uh, and watching. Uh, Lord, if you prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. And out of everybody that is the audience, wherever they are, uh, and what capacity they're seeing this or hearing this, um, I know that I'm the one under a a greater judgment, a more strict judgment, because I'm a teacher of your word, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Today we're going to be handling the topic of peace, a lot of scripture today that I'm going to be giving you. Uh, We need it. We need to know where we get it. We need to be reminded of it. And uh, I love John 14. I really do love the gospel of John. Uh, In this verse, he says, peace I leave with you. Uh, it's, It's going to be a gift. We're going to see in a lot of different ways here where it is a gift. And he says, it is my peace. In that verse, he says, it is my peace a gift, a gift from the Prince of Peace. Isaiah got to see the Lord in his throne room and he came back and described him in all kinds of ways. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, Prince of Peace. Today you're gonna be hearing uh, what I believe scripture is saying to us is peace is not, not a situation, peace is a person. We often say here that truth is a person. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So truth is a person. Peace also is a person. And it's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit as well in our lives. And we're going to get to that. And, uh, but there's something I want you to notice in John 14, 27. He said, I, I do not give to you as the world gives. I don't give to you as the world gives. Uh, some people will often use this verse and they'll say that God doesn't give us He gives us peace, but not as the world gives peace. He actually doesn't say that in the verse. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. I think it's a measure and a comparison of the way he gives. Um, He gives in a fulfilling way. 
a satisfying way. His giving is in a promise kit and uh, versus the way the world gives. How does the world give? Well, I, here's what I wrote down. The world over promises and under delivers. Now, I've been in corporate America. I've worked in some with some facets of state government. Um, I've I've gone to leaders and chatted and 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 just the worldly secular aspect. I think you will agree with me that the world over promises and under delivers, uh, and that's frustrating for us. I, I think that's what you're seeing. Uh, in the protesting and everything else. It's, we're going to get to it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Let me tell you something. The promises of our Lord are written in blood. Do you understand? I mean, it's secured. And Joshua wrote early on, before anybody else, the others experienced God after Joshua, he wrote, the promises of God, they are true. So he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. The world overpromises, underdelivers. Uh, our Lord, when he gives, it's based on a promise that he's given to us and a promise that he keeps. And this verse says, your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Right now, it could be both. It could be, it's not an either or. Uh, your heart can be both troubled because of what we're seeing and what we're hearing. Uh, we have your opinions. I said it last Sunday in last Sunday's sermon. I said it to the in-service crowds that were here. Uh, you know, it's, a, a, you know, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one, right? Opinions aren't going to get it done. It's going to take action. And uh, that's what this sermon is about today. It's not just about the peace that God promises. It's how do we get that peace uh, in, into action. So your heart can be troubled and afraid. You can be frustrated, mad, you know, because this is happening and that is happening. Uh, so right now, that's why I'm addressing this issue with us is uh, he says, don't let your heart be troubled or afraid. And how do we do that? We're going to handle the, uh, we're going to handle the topic of peace and his word and what happens. Uh, in the Old Testament with Israel, with the Jewish people, the peace is a greeting and a parting. It is a hello and a goodbye. You go there today, everything is shalom. Shalom is peace. If I greet you on the street, it's shalom. If I converse with you and leave you, it's shalom. It is peace. Uh, what does that mean? It means things are right. And if they're not right, I hope they are. It's, 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 a, it's a blessing between two people and two parties. When I'm granting peace on someone in a greeting or a parting or just even in action, uh, it is uh, that I pray that your heart is at rest. Uh, I pray that your heart, I, I'm, I'm asking a blessing on you. I'm, I'm wishing that this on you, this blessing on you, and then I'm also doing that with other people. In other words, it's kind of like giving forward. Have you ever gone through a drive-through and have somebody pay for your order ahead of you? You've done that at uh, at a Starbucks or a coffee shop. You've done it at an ice cream place. Uh, it could be people who have leftover pennies at the checkout, just to balance out your, you know, what you need to pay. And you need a couple pennies. There they are, and it's. It's just paying it forward. A lot of times in our greeting of peace, it's, it's I'm putting blessing on you and then any, any others that you see. I'm not only wanting it for you, I'm wanting that peace in the lives of other people. 
The, the peace, shalom, greeting or parting is a picture of a covenant that I, I, I want us to live in harmony with each other. Uh, and I, I'm going to say this in a moment because um, you need to get it. I already know where your minds are going. Good shepherds, no sheep, right? And uh, your minds are going, yeah, but they're, they're breaking the law. They're, they're doing this. They're doing that. Yeah, they are. I mean, that's, that, they are doing that. And you're going, I'm supposed to live in harmony. We're supposed to show them God's peace. I, I'm, I'm not saying there's no justice. Uh, we have a great judicial system. It's not perfect, but it's the best in the world. Uh, still not perfect. And you're going to look there for peace. You're going to look for senators and representatives at the state and the federal level to bring peace. Not going to do it. Uh, you're going to look for our governor and our president and vice president to bring peace. Listen, you hear me? Ain't going to happen. Pardon the grammar. It's not going to happen. It's not where it's going to come. Uh, in fact, I don't know that you and I can generate peace. If you and I could really generate peace, we would have already done it. We'd already done it. I, you know, there's turmoil and strife even in our own lives from past. Uh, we've been wounded in our past by people, victimized. Uh, all kinds of things happen, and there's even studies that we've done making peace with your past. Uh, it's nothing you can change really in the past. I, I don't know. I'm just going to be really honest with you. I don't know that I nor any of you watching can generate peace. I don't know if it can If it did, I'm telling you, one of us said would have invented it. <laughs> uh, but we look at it, another relationship, another bottle, another drug, another joint, another whatever. Um, uh, it's some kind of overpleasure or high, and we try to find the peace. And you know where I'm going. I'm a preacher, uh, and the, the only peace you're going to find is through Christ. The only way it's going to be distributed is through him. And greeting of shalom and peace is a will-wishing on other people. Uh, this peace means it's an absence of war or struggle or strife or wrestling. It's, it's gone from that. It's wishing the total well-being on a person. But from our perspective as believers, we are associating this peace with God's presence, which actually does tag the series that I just finished. Or it could be the series that I never finish because it is about being associated with God's presence. It's through Christ Jesus. This is not a secular wish on someone. This is a holy covenant wish on someone. When we grant peace to people, we pray that they're living in harmony, their hearts at rest, they're living in covenant, and it's going to be uh, that peace is not only for them, but to pass it on to others and to pass it forward <clears throat> and to be in that covenant. So I'm going to give you something that's going to help. It's a five-step process that I'm going to give to you today. And I'm going to begin with step number one, and I hope the process helps you. Uh, sinful man's first step is to make peace with God. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it all begins. Now, I know some of your frustration that you're seeing on the news and you're reading on Twitter feeds or Instagram feeds or Facebook posts or whatever is that uh, there seems to be people are there for protest and then there's a branch of people that are there just stealing things, jewelry stores, Best Buys, Kroger, Sunglass Hut, you know, whatever. And, and uh, the, is it frustrating? Of course it's frustrating. 
But you have to understand something. Lost people are going to act like lost people. I mean, that's just the way it is. You and I want to people to act with the mind of Christ. We're going to get to that point in a moment. Only those who have surrendered their life to Christ can have the mind of Christ. The first process of peace is for sinful man to make peace with God. Romans 5, 1, I read to you. Uh, Colossians 1, 20. Uh, and through him, him being Jesus, to reconcile everything to himself, Jesus, by making peace through the blood of the cross. So the first step in this peace movement is for sinful man to make peace with God. Uh, listen, you need to understand peace is a kingdom issue. Uh, in this world, you and I have to react to what we're seeing with a kingdom response. It's a kingdom call to action. And that is responding with peace. Sinful people are going to respond with sinful acts. Don't, let, don't be so frustrated. They're blind to the gospel. There's been a time in our life where you and I have been blind to the gospel. You may be reading and watching this today, and you're blind to the gospel. Uh, what's got to happen is uh, they lack salvation in the mind of Christ. And for those who are looking and, and you've, you're, you're blind to the gospel of our Lord, it's, it's pretty easy for those of us who are believers and discipled believers to see the reaction that we need to have. It's very easy for us to see it. Why? Because we have surrendered and we live by faith and we understand what the kingdom asks us to do in the kingdom reaction. So the second step First step is for sinful man to make peace with God. The second step is uh, for you to have the inner peace that follows. So I'm going to make peace with God, and then I'm going to handle the inner peace that comes with me. Uh, and, and the inner peace that comes with me, uh, we're going to be finding it in Philippians 4, 7. Many of you all know this. After we've prayed, we've communed with the Lord. It says, the peace of God, which surpasses every thought or understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds uh, in and through Christ Jesus. Uh, John 14, 27, I started with in our, in our sermon, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. What's the world do? Over promises, under delivers. What does the Lord do? Sit in stone. I mean, it's there. His promises are true. They're written in blood. Uh, so the, I don't want your heart troubled or I want it afraid or even in the midst of it is frust it can be frustration. Look at John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, and we will. We're seeing that. We're going through that right now and some of the frustration that comes with suffering. But be courageous. I have conquered the world. Uh, he's been able to do that. But there, there's an action. First action is for sinful man to make peace with God. The second act, action is for God's inner, inner peace to absolutely infiltrate me. The third step is that we have peace with each other. And I guess that's where we're getting timely today. Uh, Ephesians 2, 13 and 14 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, the Messiah. For he is our peace. Remember peace is a person? See, I remember I told you that? For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing walls of, uh, of hostility. 
Um, I can remember when um, I could remember when Hope Church started, uh, and things were really new for us in August of 1998. Uh, we had a freedom to worship like I'd never had in my life, and uh, we had people leading us from our mother church in in uh, Bowling Green Hillview Heights. And Steve Tister, I'll never we call him we call him Tinch. Uh, he he came and he led us for several months. We paid him. He just led us, and, and and he brought this song called "We Will Break Dividing Walls." And it mentioned denominations. It mentioned uh, political parties. It it mentioned everything. And, and, and I want to sing it to you. It's still one of my favorite songs from when we first started. We will break dividing walls. How, how is that going to happen? How's that going to happen? Because I believe you can only find peace in one person, and that person is Christ. If I've made peace with him, and then that peace goes to my inner person, to me, it is there for me, then it, I'm going to be able to act this out between each other. Uh, look at Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, if possible, on your part, on your part, you can't make the other part do what they need to do, but if possible, on your part, live at peace with absolutely everyone. That includes a neighbor that's bickering over a boundary line, a property line. It includes all kinds of things. Live, yeah, can things be frustrating? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can get frustrated and cry it's not fair and all. But my point is, I've got to let the kingdom, I've got to let Christ and his kingdom overcome that. And I've got to act out and be peaceful toward them I've, as much as I can on my behalf, on my part. I've got to live at peace with everybody. So the first step, sinful man makes peace with God. Second step, that inner peace uh, is in me. Third step is that inner peace. Uh, the, the element of peace is coming from me. It's uh, making peace with each other. Um, and then the fourth step is we, we have peace as an active work of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 tells you the fruit, not fruits, plural, fruit of the Spirit of God. And one in that listing, one fruit from the Holy Spirit is peace. It's, um, it, it, is, it is important that you see this as a move of the Spirit of God. Anything that you, that's going on now that's not, and I'm, I'm getting away from legislative peace, senators and reps, federal level, state level, I'm getting away from all that. And what I'm saying to you is, the peace action that you see trying to evolve and move in this, it comes as a movement from the Holy Spirit of God. And it's going to come through his people. So we make peace with God, a sinful man, inner peace, and then we live at peace with everyone else. And then we let the Holy Spirit use us in a movement of peace uh, to other people. It's going to be a movement. It's a kingdom response. The fifth, the fifth movement that we see and the fifth step in the process of activating peace in us and then through us is uh, that peace is activated from God through Christ in the believer. It becomes a kingdom response. Let me, let me, let me just listen to me. Don't run ahead of me. 
the Hebrews 12, 14, and 15. Pursue peace. Did you hear that? It's not, everybody's got to bring peace to me. I'm bringing peace to everybody. You're going to go, well, I'm not getting peace in return. It's not about that. If we're going to give a kingdom response, it's not about what you get in return. It's about how you give. It's about how you go forward with this. So go back to Hebrews 12, 14, and 15. And you can... Put up, argue with me. Just read the passage. Just read the scripture. There is a command for me and you to pursue peace with everyone <clears throat> and holiness. And the writer says, without it, no one will see the Lord. No one will see the Lord. We're, we're asking for the Lord to intervene. Well, could it be that we're not pursuing peace the way he wants us to? Because uh, peace is, is, is a person. It's going to come through the person of Christ. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Look at verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and, and by it defiling many people. Just break down hostilities. Um, stop divisions. Pursue peace. Some of you are going to say, well, we'll get peace when they do it my way. <laughs> well, then you and I need to have a counseling session. That's not a kingdom response. You're going to go, peace is going to occur when everybody else does what I think they need to do for peace. Uh, peace is going to happen when you, 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 sinful man, makes peace with God. That peace is an inward peace, and then it's peace with each other. And then it is the work of the Holy Spirit to make it a movement. And then it is activated. It is activated from God through Christ in the believer. It becomes a kingdom response. So pursue it. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, 3. It says, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with peace that binds us. It's actually to the church here. And I'm going to say this. Um, I'll be 60 in July. And I'm a preacher's kid. So I've been around the church all of my life, whether I wanted to be or not. And there are some seasons in my life where I didn't want to be, but I, I can't help it that I know it is what I'm trying to say. And I've said this, I've said this when I was running from the Lord. Revival's not going to happen until the left side of the church likes the right side of the church. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I mean, we're wanting peace out there. And really some of Paul's writings is so that the church would be peaceful I mean, basically, he says, keep unity and harmony at all cost, all cost. And we've got people that bicker and fight and back and forth all the time. And I've seen it. And we're wanting peace to happen in the world when we're not even seeing it around those of us who say we believe the Lord. And the, one of the Lord's last prayers on this earth is that we be one. And how will you know my disciples? It's because they love each other. Uh, I know I've gone to preaching. I almost went to singing my sermon there for just a moment. But the church has got to be at work at keeping unity and peace. Remember, it is a movement of the Spirit of God. Look at Romans 14, 19. This is about God using us to activate his peace to other people. So then we must pursue. It's a different book. Uh, it's it's uh, a different book. Hebrews said pursue. Romans says we must pursue what promotes peace and what builds up, what builds up one another. Um, listen, I'm going to give you this. And when I surrendered to the ministry, I was in management with UPS, had a good future, good career. Things are going great, kind of. 
Uh, if you look at it secularly, in a secular world, things were going fine. Um, uh, I was a jerk, and our marriage was in trouble. Andrew um, uh, was just being born. Uh, Julie was pregnant with Andrew, and uh, I just didn't want anything to really do with the church. I didn't want to surrender and all, all that's involved in that. I just didn't want anything to do with it. Um, and my, my point my point in all this is I, uh, I wasn't paying attention to the work of the Spirit in my life. I had to find the inner peace within me. And one of the problems of things that I said is that uh, the, the church has got to be unified. And we teach that at Hope Church. It's unity and harmony at absolutely all cost. And we build up one another. We absolutely look at at building up one another. And I had to I had to learn how to figure that out. You know, I had to learn how to live that out. I had people come into my house, good friends. I'd listen to them for a little while because I wasn't where I needed to be with Christ. And then it'd move off. I'd just ask them to leave after a while, but they they wouldn't give up. They, they kept coming back over and over because of their love for me. And they kept it peaceful, absolutely peaceful. Uh, pursue peace, build one another up is, is, is what we've got to do and encourage one another. It's not about what you get. It's about how God uses you in that movement. Matthew 5, 9. It's a, it's a call in one of the greatest sermons ever preached. It said, uh, blessed be the peacemakers. Uh, just in the, in the most simplest forms of conversations, uh, be peacemakers. This is what I was going to tell you about my surrender. Finally, uh, once I surrendered to ministry, I, I went into our bathroom. It was probably our guest bathroom and. And I surrendered to the Lord. I was crying so hard, and I surrendered to Him. And I, I, I made I made a vow to Him. And the vow that I made is really one vow, but it has two parts. And I said this. I said, Lord, uh, I, uh, I know He's uniquely made all of us and uniquely made me. I'm a simple man. I, I live life simply. And I said, it doesn't matter if I'm speaking to five people, 50 people, 500 people, or 5,000. I, I didn't have enough faith to say 50,000. I said, I want two things to happen when I'm with people. Two things. Number one, I want them to know that you love them. Every time. And number two, I want them to know that I love them. I said, it doesn't matter who I'm speaking to or what the size of the audience is. I want them to know that you love them and that I love them. That's building up one another. That's absolutely, and what I'm telling you in Matthew 5, 9, be peacemakers. And peacemakers in the simplest form of conversations. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disciple you in something that I do. Some of you might notice it. Some of you might not. And if you do notice it, you're going to go, aha, I knew it. And if you don't notice it, you're going to go, aha, I found it out. But I'm going to give you the secret, okay? Even in my simplest of conversations, 
if I see them going critical or I see them going in a divisive way, I'll change the subject on you so quick it'll make your head spin. Now, you may have discovered that. And I'm going to encourage you to pay attention to it in the future. Because whenever I sense the simplest of conversations veering in a direction they don't need to go, the Holy Spirit has taught me to change it. Switch it. Switch it. Don't, don't go down that. Switch that thing. You know, I, I, I understand frustrations. I understand a troubled and a fearful heart. Again, we go back to the question marks. What's our future going to look like? What's it going to look like for my kids? Uh, you know, what's the new culture? Is there, are we going to always have riots and, and picketing and, uh, and peaceful protesting is one thing. Then the other, you know, the rioting and the looting is another. But my point is, I don't think we're going to get it through mayors and governors and state representatives and senators and and, and federal senators and federal, I just don't think it's going to happen that way. It's going to have to come with us working it out. So how do I be a peacemaker? Is even in the simplest of conversations, when you see them going the wrong direction, switch it. Change the conversation and make it go another way. Look at Colossians 3.15. Uh, we used this as a blessing last Sunday and we're going to, we used it in service. We're going to use it again today. And let the peace of the Messiah, to which you were also called in one body, control your hearts and be thankful and be thankful that he can. Let, let, the, peace of, let the peace of God rule you. Let it control or rule your life. Um, when, when, when peace, the perversions of peace are this. It's when we become compromising and you're going, hey, preacher, uh, I, I hear you saying me to compromise with people. Let me tell you something. I'm never going to compromise my faith. You need to know that. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's a kingdom agenda because I love the king and I love his kingdom. I, I think through what we're handling right now, we've got to learn the kingdom principles to be able to go through this. But perversions of being at peace is we compromise, we settle for something lesser than, we're wishy-washy. You know, we move with any idea. Uh, we go with the flow. We're people pleasers. Uh, if we're going to have a kingdom reaction, there's no compromise. I, I, can, I can love people. It doesn't mean that I love their rebellion, but I can love people even when they're rebellious. I've pastored them. Are there people right now, as I speak, who, are, who have switched to a rebellious lifestyle? I love them. And they're running away from the people who love them the most. Stay true to our faith and realize there's kingdom principles. I, uh, I, I read in preparation for this sermon, The Mind of Christ, and I've uh, written by T.W. Hunt, is the main author of that. T.W. Hunt was a, a uh, seminary um, uh, he, was, he taught music at seminary for ministers of music in the church. You would think T.W. Hutt was a theologian. I still think he is. But he didn't teach in the school of theology. He taught in the school of music. Uh, but Julie and I had the uh, privilege of being under his teaching and then also get to know him personally. And he wrote a study book called The Mind of Christ. And he said, if you have the mind of Christ, this is what you are. You're peaceful you're friendly, you're harmonious, you're orderly, you're quiet, you're content, 
you're reconciling, you're calm, agreeable, compatible. And Jesus also said that if you're going to be a discipleable person, you will be a person of what? Peace. If you're gonna be discipleable to the kingdom principles, you are going to be a person of peace. Um, I'm not gonna seek my way, I'm gonna seek his way. That's where I'm gonna see it. What's the opposite of, of, of the mind of Christ? You're fussy, you're nitpicky, uh, you're critical, you're judgmental, you're combative, you're competitive, you're argumentative, cantankerous, what a word, right? Cantankerous, ornery. I grew up with that word. Did you grow up with that word? He's just ornery. Controversial, cranky, disagreeable, mean, and divisive. I don't, I don't want this last one to describe you. Uh, I can love people, even in rebellion, with the love of Christ and not agree with their rebellion. I can do that. Uh, and it's important that we do that. He's absolutely called us to action. I took a prayer as we end this service. I took a prayer from the mind of Christ that I want to give to you. And uh, you'll see it. They'll pop it up on the screen. And then on top of that, uh, let it be your prayer. Because this whole deal is not just to remind you of the topic of peace, but to let you know it is our kingdom response in these troubling, frightening, frustrating times. Uh, what is our response? It is with the peace of Christ that we do that. And let me read this prayer to you. So I hope you can write it down or put it on pause so you can write it down. But here, here's the prayer. Prince of Peace. I live in a world that knows very little of peace. I ask you to shape my life to be peaceable like you. Then as you see fit, place me among people who need a peacemaker and work through me to show peace to my world. What is our task? To let them know that the peace they seek is from a person, and it is the person of Christ. I believe Isaiah got it all right, got all of it right when he came back and told us in his experience, he's a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is an everlasting father, and here it is. He is the Prince of Peace. Make him known, make him famous. Let the peace of God be your kingdom reaction. And how am I going to finish? Grace and peace.